So it's like I got the cape, I got the. the you brought it off? Yeah, because we'll, we'll stop and see the pack. Like they don't have the final proofs just yet for the printing that goes on the packaging, but they'll have digital prints to see the graphic. So this is like final gut check on a lot of things before production. 112 trips deep. That's how many times Jason Maiden has been to China. We were able to accompany Jason over the course of a few days as we went up to China on a factory visit. The product that he's working on currently is called Super Heroic. The company and brand essentially serves as a way to create and increase the number of quote unquote play opportunities for children. I think we're at a point in time where children lack those opportunities to go out and engage with other kids in a physical setting. If you've been to China that many times, chances are you're in some kind of industry that does a lot of production in China. In the case of Jason Maiden, he's been so many times because he used to work at Nike and Jordan brand. He's a footwear designer and uh, I guess you could say shoemaker even by trade. How would you define Jason Maiden's career? You know, the, the bulk of it was at Nike, right? Yeah. And what did he do there? He started as an intern. I mean, the dude's a hustler, so he basically started as an intern, hustled his way through the ranks, and when he left, he was very high up at a, at a director level globally. So one of the things that he's arguably most known for in terms of commercial success was uh, the Air Monarch, which is a Nike shoe. It's like a dad shoe, right? It's like Nike's most popular shoe. Exactly. It's like the classic dad shoe that you would see. Jason was also a big part of the Nike Fuel Band when he was there. If you look at his accolades, what's really fascinating is his trajectory and where he started. Jason grew up in the south side of Chicago and the area he grew up in was notoriously tough. And I think that was kind of what defined him. I mean... One thing about Jason, he has like an amazing head on his shoulders and he just has a very clear sense of what he wants and how he's going to achieve it. Jason's career has never been about seeking outside validation. It's about what he personally wants to do and finding the tools to achieve his vision and his dream. No, that, that's the thing, man. Like I was very fortunate to come into the company knowing who I was, you know, knowing what I had went through knowing what I had endured on, you know, the south side of Chicago to get there. I had already had so many things happen to me from the age of seven on that I wasn't looking for the company for validation or my self-worth. I was just there because it was fun and the shoes were free. It was a dream. It was like, man, I loved it. It was great. But it never really was about telling people where I worked. I honestly never really told people. Like, my family thought I was, like, the general manager of Foot Locker or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't really talk too much about it. Like, more people talked about it than I did. As you get to know Jason, one of the immediate things you pick up on is his sense of humility paired with this heightened level of social awareness. That's really one of Jason's greatest attributes. And, you know, it's probably done him well professionally because he's able to sit side by side with a Silicon Valley billionaire, um, as well as chop it up, you know, in the south side of Chicago where he was born and raised. He's kind of a chameleon in that regard. Yeah, I think chameleon's a great way of putting it. That's the one thing whenever you meet with him, the immediate sort of front-facing business Jason that comes really correct in that regard. But as you get to know him, you, you understand his ability to navigate social waters really well whether it's a conversation with, as you mentioned, a billionaire, or it's trying to understand what the youth of today are experiencing, what their challenges are, he can definitely pick the right tone of voice to connect with people. 
One thing that he's done really well is impart a sense of grit and determination to other people. You know, a lot of people look to him for inspiration. As you'll hear Jason discuss, he really has a bulletproof approach to how to make yourself relevant and how to succeed. If you don't know what you don't know, you have so many gaps and ways that people can attack you. And my strategy, and I always tell people this, is to eliminate the way people can tell me no. And the last thing they can say to me is yes. And so in order to, to figure out how a person can tell me no, I have to put myself out there and be willing to be rejected, to be laughed at, to be made fun of. But all that's doing is going to make me build up a thicker skin and have a knowledge base that the average person won't have. So I just don't really care too much about my own ego where I have to have something that's perfect. As long as I give my best effort, then can't complain with the outcome. I left it all on the field. Jason's been a very close friend of ours and it's always been great to catch up with him every so often. He's always got something going on, something exciting. And, you know, life after Nike for him was an interesting ride because he had gone from, you know, working at Nike to working in tech and bringing a new perspective to tech, representing a colored person or a melanated person, as he calls it, that is unlike sort of the traditional Silicon Valley mold, right? And I think that level of understanding of social context is something that has made him incredibly valuable. So along the way, he's developed ideas for sort of a calorie tracking cup. He's worked on social media apps with Steph Curry, and he's also worked in the VC world with Excel. But his latest project is something a little bit different, and it's subject of, of our trip as we accompanied him alongside a road trip to China. So when he left Nike and Jordan brand, he really threw himself headfirst into startup life. He relocated his whole family to Northern California, Silicon Valley, got involved with a project called Vessel, which is a calorie tracking mug. Really cut his teeth there, I would say, just in terms of getting scrappy, you know, outside of the umbrella of something established like a Nike. And then he transitioned over to Excel Partners, which is a big venture capital firm in, in the Valley. Most recently, how we started kind of reworking with him was through his latest project. He's always been very passionate about the unfortunate trend of obesity in children. So he's always been very active in applying his sporting background and his, his knowledge and understanding of how athletes move from Jordan and Nike, parlaying it into a project where he can affect change. One thing he's always lamented is like these lack of play opportunities for kids and that's something that he really wanted to outline in his next project, a culmination of all his background experiences into a sort of new approach to a product. And that's where his latest brand comes in, which is called Super Heroic. In short, it's a... Play company. It's a play company. And their first product is a sneaker. It's a shoe silhouette for kids. I think Jason's ultimate goal down the line is how can you rectify some of the issues that currently plague us as a culture? And... There's almost a sense of fragmentation for adults, right? Where they're often looking to these different formats to self-medicate, whether it's drugs or the pursuit of social media likes. So Jason's kind of looking and taking that youthful approach and how to build stronger kids from the get-go. Yeah, and Super Heroic, it's still a startup. He's been able to bring on board a lot of really cool and interesting partners. Uh, Magic Johnson is one of his investors. He's also... Uh, working with Playground, which is the VC firm of Andy Rubin. From the guy who started Android. The guy who started Android. And so, 
you can really kind of see this universe that he's starting to create around this play company where it's all geared towards empowering kids to be more playful. And so all of health and wellness industry, fashion, any of this stuff, is basically optimized to fix broken adults. It's always showing them the most, you know, amplified version of who they could be, the skinniest version, the most in shape version, the coolest version. But my thing is, why don't we just build stronger children instead of fixing broken adults? So play becomes a form of prevention instead of the stuff that we do to self-medicate, whether it's clothes, whether it's drinking, whether it's drugs, whether it's posting half-naked pictures on Instagram. That's all self-medication. You know, you're trying to fill a void. When you listen to Jason talk about Super Heroic, there's so much clarity around what he's trying to achieve. It's about building strong and able-minded kids. We're currently operating in a world that is by no means easy. There's a belief on Jason's end that we're not equipping them to succeed when the time comes for them to grow up and for them to inherit this world. But I was thinking about, I was wondering, is it too early to kind of bestow these responsibilities on kids? But choosing an opportunity like play, it's a very natural progression for kids to play and develop social skills and how to interact with others. What sort of feeling did you get from Jason when he was sort of breaking down the brand? Having known Jason for a while in past projects and on this new one, it just seemed right for him. I mean, he's able to really leverage his core skill, which is still footwear design, um, and pair it with a lot of these other philosophies that he has been passionate about working in and around for many years. For Jason, it's the perfect project, and he really threw himself into the fire and into the boot camp of learning how to do a startup. And so I think he, the possibility of it being very successful is pretty high for him. And I think that somebody like Jason, who's so humble and who is hyper talented, but he's never the first person to just big up himself, you know, he's going to do amazing things. Yeah. And I think the way that he's treating children is inherently different than how the industry of children's apparel, children's product has traditionally treated children. You know, they often are seen as just essentially a dollar sign, right? How can I monetize these children? How can I convince their parents to buy them these toys? That's something Jason's familiar with. We're optimizing these media platforms, these media outlets to basically get children to buy things. That sense of respect towards children is one of the things I admired the most. The one thing that's really powerful that most brands miss when they're starting is Jason has such a clear vision of why he's doing it. There's one of my favorite TED Talks is from this author and speaker named Simon Sinek. And he draws this, he talks about Apple in his TED Talk, but his whole thing is that people don't buy what a brand does. They buy why a brand does it, right? And I think when you talk to Jason He's not talking about, this is the shoe that I'm making for kids. It's so dope because of the laces or the colors or the tooling or whatever. His whole, his whole spiel, his whole elevator pitch is really all about just, this is what I believe about the world and how it should be. And this company is a vehicle for that. And right now it looks like a sneaker, but in the future it could look like a million different things because it's still all driven by that same DNA of why we're doing this, right? That's the ethos, not just a singular product. I think the nature of marketing to kids has always been, you show a commercial, you show kids playing with the toy or whatever, and the kid says, ooh, I want that. You know, it's kind of, it's programming them to want to be a consumer. It's why you have things like the COPA laws, where, you know, 
companies, I won't name companies, but they used to have cartoons, and then the cartoon was a 30-minute commercial for the toy, and then they had a commercial with the actual toy, and it was just constantly, 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 subconsciously anchoring the child on the fact that they need this object. For us, if you look at you know our product, the first thing you notice is the logo is smaller than the shoe itself. Um, because it's really about the kid, it's not about the brand building. We're not trying to turn them into billboards, you know? And the way we position ourselves with the imagery, with the tone of voice, it really is about building stronger children instead of fixing broken adults. And in order to do that, you have to remove your selfish desire as an adult and just say, what does the kid truly need? And give them the chance to show, you know, you know his or her own voice and expression through play. When I talk to Jason, it's pretty awesome how a lot of just the philosophically sound ideas that he has also really just seamlessly sync with great marketing ideas. He has this vision to to drive communities and, and certain cultures forward in terms of um, making children more active, right? So one of his ideas is to partner with Zillow, which... Um, I believe is mostly prominent in the US, but it's like a home buyer's database. So if you were a new family looking to buy a home, let's say you just had your first child and you're looking at the best neighborhood or the best areas to move into, you would go to Zillow. And what's pretty common now on Zillow and other sites is to have an education type score. So a family could see, you know, how are the schools in that area? But there's nothing to do with, you know, how, how many parks are in the area, how many play centers are around, how many public pools, for example. So a lot of what they're doing at Super Heroic is driven by integrating with partners like that and gathering data, providing a playability score to certain home listings that would always come on a, on a Zillow listing. So families could actually see, okay, cool, the education in this area is great, but there's also a bunch of public parks around. And so I know that my kid is going to be out there outdoors, not on his iPad or iPhone. He's going to be playing and he's going to be an active child. And I think these are the types of things that impressed me about what they're doing at Super Heroic because that's a great marketing idea, but it's also just something that is very well aligned with his philosophy and his sort of ethical philosophy for the brand. There's definitely a sense of returning back to the idea of making people better. He never for a second feels as though everything starts and stops with him. It's like, how can I make you better? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I guess super heroic in many ways is about creating a better next generation, you know? And I think a lot of people come to Jason for guidance, but he's, he's always quick to tell them there's more to it than just what I've done. You know, I always tell people when they say, oh man, I want to be like you. I'm like, man, be better than me. That's the point. <laughs> Don't be like me. I'm going I'm to reach my plateau at some point. And if you're like me, where I stop is where you stop. But if I train you up, where I stop is where you should begin. And you grow from there and take it to another level that I couldn't take it to, you know. So I'm not naive. I don't think I'll, I mean, to, to stay on top or to be the best at something, you also have to start thinking about who do you want to train and groom to take your spot. Because competition is coming whether you like it or not. So you might as well train them and be part of picking your replacement instead of being replaced without, without you uh, knowing it's happening. This story is proudly presented by ourselves. And our podcast, Making It Up. You can check us out on any platform that you listen to podcasts and iTunes. If you've never heard of Making It Up, it's a weekly podcast between myself and Sharice. It's an opportunity for us to sound off on the latest happenings in creative culture. 
paired with hilarious drawings by Eugene and I. More so me. Jason provides a pretty accurate description of what superheroic is and how it differs from what's currently out there. One of the brands that Jason loves and always references is Nerf. Yeah, and it's funny because he kept referencing Nerf as a source of inspiration for superheroic, but actually, I can't really remember the last time I thought about Nerf before that weekend, but it makes total sense that when you, if you know Nerf, when you think about Nerf, it's the prototypical, fun, colorful play company. Yeah, and the way we're building the shoe is like hardware, so it's not the typical shoe release schedule. It's not the typical launch strategy. The app looks completely different. The app looks like Monument Valley versus yeah, yeah versus yeah, traditional awesome. e-commerce stuff. Because our whole thing is like we we wedge ourselves between Nerf and Nike. Like yeah. Nerf can't build shoes. Nike doesn't know how to build hardware and equipment. We know how to build both. Everything up to this point has been really serious and very philosophical, but everything behind the scenes is really a foundation for a brand that looks and feels very much like how a quote-unquote play company should look and feel. Yeah, because when the packaging opens, it plays the sound. I got the, yeah, I got the, this is the 3D printed lid. I need to look at the injection motor for color matching, but it plays our brand, which is really fun. We got to pick up the sound modules too to make sure it's the right uh right thing but it goes it's so cool. yeah so when you turn it you open it and pull it out and it goes it makes that noise. Yeah. yeah it's fun man what starts with the packaging also extends into the playground through small but fun details yeah the cape tucks in, in here so it's like they got just a regular bag. Yeah, yeah. Then when they get to the playground, they want to transform. They drop the cape out, <laughs> and just swag on them and stuff. <laughs> and it's funny to see kids too, man, running around when they do it. It's so funny because it's like they build up to the moment they get ready to pull it out. Yeah. As if they like really are in their mind superheroes. It's the funniest thing. All of these brand moments or packaging moments in the superheroic brand identity are all deliberate and they're all calculated. Jason's constantly referencing the ever popular YouTube unboxings and that trend of kids just watching packaging being opened or ripped apart as a way for kids to get excited about the act of playing. Kids don't often need a lot, just a little bit of encouragement or a simple prompt. So the first time they interact with our brand, it has a childlike perspective built into it because we designed it for that moment where they unbox it on YouTube because a lot of kids look at YouTube unboxings, but nobody's ever designed for that specific moment because they're, they're designing to try to attract the parent. And I'm like, my kids learn about other stuff from other kids, not from parents. You know, most parents aren't up on what kids are into. You know, they just kind of find out after the fact. But kids, man, that playground, it's like a, it's, it's like the, the physical embodiment of the internet. When they sit around and talk in school, they come home with a million different new things. So I'm like, imagine if they come home with, oh, I saw this thing about superheroic. And it, you go to the playground, you, you turn into a superhero. And the next thing you know, we're encouraging kids to get outside and play. And that becomes a thing that goes viral. It's playing again, which sounds so weird. But, but, but that's what's missing is how do you use technology? How do you use the mobile phone as a window into a new world instead of a door? After getting an intimate look into Super Heroic and spending a few days with him, you kind of understand from Jason's perspective how he's able to do what he does. If you take a step back, you kind of see 
Jason's career as a culmination of experiences, professional and personal. This to me was what was most impressive. You know, the ability to filter through all the different things that have occurred to you and select the parts that are most relevant. I remember before we went on this trip, it wasn't that you were against going on it or anything like that, but just, I don't think you were that interested or you were a little bit indifferent. How do you think your perspective on this project has changed after being in China with him? It really illuminated the level of integrity he's putting into the project, right? I think kids are often seen, as I mentioned before, they, they're seen as dollar signs. You're doing so many things that aren't really in the best interest of children so much as you're trying to make money off of them. When I saw how he had lined out everything so methodically, it made me realize that, yeah, children are going to inherit a very difficult life, you know, going forward. Things are not going to get easier. Some things may get easier. Some things might become more difficult. I think there is a, a certain philosophical alignment between how he approaches his stuff and how I approach my life or my work. And that to me was the most sort of captivating thing about it all. You kind of came away knowing, hey, you know what? It was honestly a sense of confidence in that you can do things with integrity and be successful. You might look around you and see things that are really popping off aren't always done with integrity. It kind of deflates your tires a little bit. Don't you think that it feels like a really good fusion of culture and commerce in a way, which is something that at the product level, I think for you is you're often against product for the sake of product or for the sake of commercialism, right? But a project like this feels like it's a little bit more aligned with the balance of something driven with purpose, but also with a commercial intent as well. The purpose of it seems very clear. You know, and Jason's experience in the footwear industry allows him to understand that those baby Jordans, those downsized Adidas and MDs, those are done not because they have a purpose per se. It's more like, hey, I want to make my kids look cool or I want my kids to dress like me. That's a, a very superficial desire to want a product or to create a product. Yeah. Whereas this has a whole ecosystem built into it where I'm encouraging you to go and engage in essentially playing with other kids. I think we're at a point in time where we're losing a bit of that understanding of, hey, Remember when we used to go out and ride our bikes after school for like four hours, when we used to go play sports with our friends and not really worry about was someone messaging me, you know? How did I connect with people then? You look at the current landscape and it's not that we should shun digital communication or digital interaction. It's we should have the ability to understand different sides of the coin. And that to me is what's most interesting about Super Heroic because there's a lot of validity and interacting with people and trying to figure out how to interact and how to solve problems, how to solve conflicts, and ultimately prepare yourself for all these different opportunities that will exist as you grow older. If I were to kind of summarize my personal thoughts, I would say if I put on like more of the creative or like the artist hat on, I guess, I would look at it and be like, wow, this is really cool. Like the ability of what's a truly good idea coming through in something that is not only creatively a good idea, but it's a good idea in the sense of it's also socially good and it's also commercially good, you know? And that was one thing that I took away of like, the power of a truly good idea is that it hits a lot of 
corners. It checks off a lot of boxes, not just, oh, it's creative and it's cool, but it also fulfills a lot of other boxes. And I think if I wear my, my creative person hat, that's my perspective. At the same time, if I like put on more of a business hat, I also respect it because I think that Jason and everybody who's working at Superheroic has been so good about just communicating that narrative, you know? So even though at the end of the day, you know that there's a couple million dollars of investment on the line and a lot of, you know, production costs and stuff, it's really a business, right? It's still a business at the end of the day, but they've been so good at communicating this message that it's about everything else but the business, which I can respect as a brand because ultimately that's what a, a good brand does. You know, they don't make you think in dollars and cents. They make you think in something of like you're buying into the culture, buying into this belief system. We've spoken a lot about a lot of the really fun and interesting and positive things about Superheroic. I'm curious after seeing the brand intimately at like the production level and every, you know, the, the insides of the brand, what are some thoughts you have about the challenges that they're going to face in making this a, a globally relevant brand? If you look at Super Heroic as a brand, it represents essentially an all new category. And as Jason's mentioned in the past, while footwear is the first touch point, it can it can be extremely agile in creating anything and everything that pertains to play. Now, once you start having sort of these conceptual ideas like play, where it could be a number of things, it becomes a little bit more difficult to kind of pinpoint when people hear Super Heroic, is it a footwear company? Is it a toy company? What is it exactly? And I think that's going to be a really interesting and, and fascinating part about the brand that they'll just need to figure out. Do you think that that's a good move or a bad move to not just come out and say Super Heroic is a footwear company? I think it's a good thing to not do it in the beginning because it also allows them to have the whole gamut of opportunities. You know, it won't be weird if in three years they do a BMX or if they do a BMX as their next product, right? What helps is that it's a physical product. It's tangible. You can see it. Whereas, you know, some conceptual products that are representing a new category don't have anything you can look at, feel, or touch. And that's even more difficult. But knowing that Jason has the experiences that he has and a team behind him that has done it all before... To me, they've, they've, they've done the best to their abilities to start identifying where the challenges are and how to solve them alongside the necessary requisite humility, right? To think that, hey, you know what? This is my vision. People are going to buy into it with ease. That's always a difficult thing because successful companies don't always hit a home run on their first try, right? It's kind of like you need to make small manipulations and adjustments to get to where you are. If you oversimplify what his skill set is, he's, he's a shoe designer. The first product they're doing is footwear. Do you think that there's going to be some challenges with him as the CEO and the founder when they want to expand into things that are completely different than footwear? It's my belief that if you can solve one problem and you can dissect how you break down the steps to solve a problem, you can use it interchangeably. You can take your mindset in solving a problem in this capacity, whether it's shoe design, and take it and replicate it in a different medium. That's one of the most interesting things for creatives is that, you know, if you're able to achieve something in one in one capacity, you know how to create these emotional connections with other people. And these emotional connections are what allow you to kind of dip in and out of different platforms and different mediums. Would you consider Jason a pretty resourceful person? Yeah, I would say knowing how he's grown up, if he wasn't resourceful, 
he wouldn't be where he is today. Yeah, there's definitely something about his story that, uh, you know, all the resume stuff aside, there's just that like upbringing, I think, that you can tell that when you interact with him and even all the challenges you could pick apart or critique, it just feels like this dude's going to figure it out and he's going to make it happen regardless of the challenges that come, whether it's a skill set challenge or it's a, you know, experience challenge, he's going to find a way to do it or find the right people to align with. I would say Super Rogue as it currently stands with footwear isn't exactly new per se. I mean, after all, it's footwear, right? But there are unexpected connections that arise from combining the world of tech, the world of footwear, and the world of play. As difficult as things can get on this path to entrepreneurship, there's a reality that always keeps Jason grounded. You could say it's a combination of his past, his own interest to carve out a legacy, and this desire to create a much more impactful world for children, both today and tomorrow. Hurdles exist as a worthy challenge, and by clearing those hurdles, you're creating a sense of foundation. And the end product, super heroic. For, for our stuff, I think the biggest hurdles, you know, you know, the emotional toil really come down to um, that if I don't do it, it won't get done. You know, it's one of those things like I have to do it. There is no person I can default to. There are no excuses. But I think what prepared me for that is growing up as a, as a kid from the south side of Chicago who grew up, you know, um, as an ethnic minority, as a melanated person, because you don't have excuses. Nobody's just going to give you anything. You got to go out and take it. So I don't sit around feeling sorry for myself. I don't sit around making excuses for myself. Um, I just get out there and get after it, because if the expectation is for me to fail, then what do I have to lose? An expectation for people like me is that we fail, you know, that we don't make it out of where we come from, that we don't have, you know, um, the educational background that I have. We don't have the skills that I have. So if no one expects much of me, then I can expect everything of me. So I don't carry the burden of having to live up to the ideas or the examples set by a wealthy father or an affluent family. I think that's what motivates me. That's what keeps me keeps me going. And that's what helps balance out the emotions and the fear and the lack of not knowing what I'm doing at times is uh, the fact that, you know, I look how far I've come, you know, and I feel thankful. Didn't invest. <laughs> this is the funny part. The people who didn't invest claimed that they were sneakerheads and knew more about the industry than I did. And I used to just laugh at them because they'd be like, yeah, I'm a sneakerhead. No, you know, nobody's going to buy that. I'm like, first of all, nobody that collects sneakers really calls themselves a sneakerhead. <laughs> I, was, I, I explained to them, say, that's that's the fuckboy version of, you know, somebody who just collects. I said, nobody... Nobody says that. Like, uh, so you saying that to me just tells me you're not from the culture. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you just completely contradicted yourself. Like, you're not from the culture. You don't do that's like talking in third person. Don't nobody do that. That's not real. And so, you know, that was that's always the argument is you get you get the people who swear they're cultural experts. They've appointed themselves the cultural expert in the Silicon Valley, and then they spend more time trying to argue with me over sneaker facts. And I'm like, you don't get it. I'm not. But, I, but see, I didn't want those type of people investing anyway, to be honest with you, because we're not a shoe company. You know, we're, we're a play company that makes shoes, not a shoe company that's trying to focus on play. So we're not bound to this category. We can go off and do BMX bikes tomorrow and have the same level of design and detail. <laughs>